I love empowering you through difficult seasons of life so you can venture and live a life you truly love. Join me as I cover topics on health and wellness, money, business, work, great relationships, not so great relationships, love, loss, family, achieving those beautiful goals, creating balance in life, growth, and so much more. Consider this your one stop on a shop for a little happy hour blended with your personal school of life. Grab a drink, get cozy, and get ready to be challenged and inspired while you learn. This is the Venture Love Podcast. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for being here with me on the Venture Love Podcast. You are my first guest speaker, and I'm super excited to have you on. Um, For our listeners, you'll definitely want to check Allison out. She's a self-love coach, holistic fitness expert, speaker, and award-winning author of the book, The Unicorn Syndrome. Stop trying to be unique. You already are. So welcome to the show, Allison. Hi, Violet. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So let's dive right in and cover some super relatable topics, right, for our listeners. So whether or not you're in business, I think this conversation will be so valuable because I'm confident it's affected all of our listeners, which is what you call the unicorn syndrome or the awful perception that makes us feel like we're just not good enough. So would you like to explain that in your own words a little bit better? Absolutely. Yeah. So the idea of the unicorn syndrome came to me one day when I was working out in the gym. So my story and my background is that about 10 years ago, before I got into healthy eating, wellness, self-love, self-care, personal development, any of that, I was in a very sort of dark place. And I was just very uncomfortable in my body. I had gained some weight that just felt like it came out of nowhere. But honestly, I was just didn't know how to take care of my body. I didn't know how to feed it well with nutritious food, with loving thoughts. And I was constantly trying to do chronic dieting, yo-yo dieting cycles, uh, exercising with just like cardio, but not strength training. And it was just a very toxic cycle for me. And it kept me thinking in my head that I needed to look like someone else or achieve something else to feel good about myself. I looked at the ideals of women on fitness magazine covers or actresses or singers and looked at their bodies and just felt like that was not me and something I could never achieve. And then yet, no matter what I tried to achieve it, it was never enough. And it left me self-sabotaging myself too. And just keeping me stuck in an uncomfortable place with my weight, with my health, with not knowing how to talk love to myself. And so that's when I started my fitness journey. And that brought me onto this path of becoming a personal trainer, doing that on and off, um, and working in the advertising industry really is where my career was for the last 10 years until COVID happened. Um, and I completely had an overhaul, but in short, in that moment um, just before COVID happened one day when I was working at the gym, having moved through so much 
history with finding fitness, getting comfortable with myself. Of course, it was a non-linear journey. There was lots of ups and downs in, in my way as I went through a real health journey um, that helped me find love and confidence within my body. And so I was working out in the gym one day and I realized I just need to start and continue to build myself up from a place of love, that my body is beautiful in its own unique way, that I have my own unique gifts and that that is beautiful in itself. And that really when I can look at other women and celebrate them for their own unique beauty, and that doesn't take away from mine, it's just we're different and beautiful in different ways, then that is really energizing and liberating. So I really was fueled by that thought and realized that this is really a unicorn syndrome of, I spent so many years looking up at other women thinking like, she's a beautiful unicorn. She has something magical that I don't have. I'm just an average plain girl. Like what more is there to me? And really that's so far from the truth. We all, no matter what our background story history is, we have that unicorn spark within us. We're already a unicorn. We just need to embrace that uniqueness that's within us. And so that's where the idea of unicorn syndrome was birthed. And it's just become so much more than that as I've written my book and done talks on the subject and started to, to share that with other women. And I hear so often, so many people find that just so relatable, which is... Mm-hmm which is grounding because we all have this, this kind of dark need of not feeling good enough. But then at the same time, it's freeing knowing that we can break free from that and that there's so much more to us. I love that. I love this so much. And I love that you are my first guest speaker because I I mean, just going back, it's been a journey for myself. And the more and more I talk and work with women, the more I realize that this is just so common with everyone. I don't think I've ever coached or met a woman or spoken to someone or have been friends with someone that hasn't struggled with these struggles because I think we all, we all feel these things. We all grow up in this kind of society. We've all grown up in a society that tells us what the standard of beauty or perfection or success is. And so we go above and beyond to try to meet those standards. But I think it's, I mean, speaking personally for myself, I know I've struggled with a lot of those things. So as you were talking, I was like, well, that sounds like me too. And that sounds like me too. So there's definitely a lot of relatable points you mentioned. Um, And I also love that I'm having you as my first guest speaker, because I think with that feeling of imposter syndrome, I think is what it is that comes up so much that at least for me and starting my business and writing my blogs and now starting this podcast and whether or not I'm starting a coaching program or a new product or whatever it is, I still have those feelings that come up every now and then I can't lie and say they don't exist or they don't show up. And I'm just being completely genuine and authentic and saying they still come up. But I think over time, as I've gotten older and I've met with amazing women like yourself and Rebecca, our coach and other women I talk to, it's just a reminder that we have to get those feelings in check a little bit, but also recognize that we're all so different on the outside, but inside we're exactly the same. And we all, we all want to feel good and be successful and feel pretty and you know, do all the things we want to do. Um, But I love your story. And I love that you recognize that and that you found this out while you were at the gym, which is, I think, funny, but, you know, amazing at the same time. So if we go back, and I know you shared a little bit about it, but if we go back in history, if we do a little bit of time traveling, um, and we look at Allison at, let's just say her lowest point and share whatever you're comfortable sharing, what was 
a day in the life of Allison been like for you? And what was just maybe an aha moment or a moment of like, okay, I can't continue this way. I can't keep going this way. Something has to change. Was there a moment for you when that happened or um, what was that for you? Yeah, absolutely. I did have a, a kind of aha light bulb moment mm -hmm. where, so taking a back, I was in university at the time. Uh, surprise, surprise, when you're in that stage of life when you're on your own and you've got the world in front of you of lots of fun and exciting times and new friendships. But with that comes a lot of testing the waters and your boundaries and your limits. And some of that pushed me to some, uh, some uncomfortable places, I'd just say with, you know, over drinking too much, going out and partying too much. Mm -hmm. And with that for me came overeating too much quite often like that's how I kind of offset the next day was my body just craving things that weren't good for it and I just gave into that and it left me in a feeling of feeling extremely bloated uncomfortable but dehydrated just awful <laughs> I mean no one likes a hangover yeah. um, and so those are some pretty awful feelings and with that I just judged myself a lot I just felt looked at other girls who were around the same age or my friends who were what I, you would maybe call the skinny girl or the really pretty one who just seemed like she like just rolled off her she could like go out on a night of like fun and freedom and drink and eat whatever she wants and was just like well okay I'm like here I am the next day and like look beautiful and here I am I just felt like puffy faced and would step on the scale and be like oh my gosh I am like quite a few pounds heavier than I was the day before a few days before and so that's where stepping on the scale quickly became quite an enemy for me because it was that number that I was comparing myself to, to what I was in high school when I first started running and, and was, you know, lost weight very easily because I'd never done a diet before and felt good because I also looked at it in a way of just fitness and, and moving my body. But now I was trying to add fitness in order to almost punish myself of like, how much did I, you know, how much did I eat or did I drink and how many calories do I need to burn off by going for a run, which is like, as you and I both know, that's the opposite way of how we should look at food, nourishment, exercise. But that's what I thought from what I had learned in reading fitness magazines and, you know, all the, the trends and the diets and people weren't talking about from what I saw in my world personal development or self-love or talking about eating disorders or binge eating. It wasn't in my world at all. I didn't see people doing that 10, 12 years ago. And so I just felt very alone. It wasn't something I told anyone about that I was having this sort of mental health battle really of just digging myself deeper into a hole of emotional and binge eating um, alone and, and, in by myself as well like sometimes I you know would enjoy food or drinks with friends but then the next day when I was alone and recovering I would you know binge on certain foods that were just like comforting to me mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of that is just 
neglecting emotional needs and processing those emotions and that emotional wellness component, which is so important for, for us. So just as like a young girl and all those standards that you mentioned too, that we get pressed on us from the media, all that was just weighing me down. And I was constantly in this, this cycle that was just really toxic for me and really, really hurting me and really just causing me to gain more weight and make me more uncomfortable. So it was really, really hard at that time. And what was a turning point for me was I went to, I had just started dating my husband now, who was my boyfriend at the time, about in maybe nine months before this. And I went to his sister's bodybuilding competition. So um, she was competing in her second, I think it was her second show in figure. And my brother-in-law is a personal trainer. She had, was in like her second year of personal training. And I watched her on state. I watched her go through her transformation from looking kind of similar to how I did in height, physique, build, shape. Um, she was also going through a physical transformation in order to, to lose weight that was, she was uncomfortable with. She had gone through some depressions and fitness was something that was helping her move out of that at that time. And so I saw her on stage and I just felt like if she could do that, I could do that. And I never had that feeling before that feeling of like inspiration, drive, motivation of there's of wanting to change how I was eating. I grew up just like the pickiest eater that you could ever imagine. So thinking about incorporating, trying new foods, healthy, you know, there's obviously extremes to the bodybuilding world. But for me at that time, it was, a, it was a way in and I took it. And so that inspired me to start a change that I just felt I could, I could, change. I didn't see that way before. I didn't see something else. And so I asked for help from my brother-in-law to just help giving me those guiding principles around nutrition, around understanding macro and micronutrients, around understanding how to lift weights. And so that was the beginning of my journey and my process. Um, and it was really healing for me, jumping into fitness, learning about my body, what it needs in order to, um, in order to survive, in order to function. I love that. I feel like as you continue to talk, I keep being reminded of points in my life that have been really low and really hard. And I don't think, and I'm being completely honest and genuine, I don't think I ever um, said I had an eating disorder, but as I think back and I compare myself, um, comparing ourselves, right? As I compare myself and reflect and think of what you've said, I do remember some really, really low points um, I've had some really, really toxic relationships in the past. And I remember having food be the thing for me that filled me up. And maybe I was a little bit different because I was always like real thin. I was always a size zero and I, I hated it. I hated it. And it's funny because when you're something, you always want to be something else. Like all my friends were curvy and voluptuous and had big boobs and tiny waists. And I was just, my family used to call me lollipop because I had a big head and a skinny <laughs> anybody and I never gained weight and I remember feeling so frustrated um and throughout breakups in history I remember that the only thing that would fill me up was food and I, I can't say I was ever a bulimic or anorexic or anorexic or anything like that but I remember going to food to fulfill that need that comforted me and I would just eat and eat and eat and never gain weight which was frustrating to me because maybe I wanted to but 
I remember it being that thing for me that would fill the void when mm -hmm. what I really needed was maybe a hug from a friend, right? To cry on someone's shoulder, um, a hug from my mom, <laughs> um, journaling, meditation, all the things that we, we know today help soothe, heal, nourish us. And for me too, I think it was education was so big and learning um, how to heal myself, what were healthy ways of doing things. And then on the other spectrum, I remember after a particular breakup where I was seeking um, exercise as a way to heal, but I think it was just overboard. I remember being on the treadmill at 10 p.m. after college some nights and being heartbroken and, you know, food wasn't cutting and I was feeling gross and like you mentioned, like heavy and uncomfortable. And so then I started having the treadmill become my hobby or my boyfriend where I would run and run and run and just like deplete myself till I felt nothing. So it was just funny to think back on the spectrums of overeating, eating junk food, eating garbage to running so much that both were just not helpful, not healthy. So I think education really, really helped me as well um, when I enrolled in the IIN program, nutrition program too. So I learned a ton about the ways that made me feel better as a person. So I totally resonate. And everyone's different, you know, but I think at our core, we all know going to the extreme is sometimes too much and we have to figure out what feels good for us individually. So I love that you shared that. Um, for a listener that might be experiencing some of these things, what's like a really good starting point for them to, to maybe realize like, oh, shoot, I'm, this is going on. Like maybe I didn't recognize it before and now I realize I'm going through these things. So what would be a good maybe first step um, to recognizing where they are and figuring out what to do next to help themselves out of out of that dark hole, which is what I feel like it feels like sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, thank you for sharing that with your story. It's really interesting how we experience opposite ends of the spectrum would be feeling too skinny, feeling too fat, and then still at the core, we felt the same, something was missing emotionally. And we were trying different ways externally of satisfying that need that we were missing internally. And I think so often as women, when we fall into comparison syndrome with other women, we think we don't see what's going on. We just see on the outside and we think, oh, she has it all. She's curvy. So she, you know, so she's beautiful in that way. Or, oh, she's thin. So she's beautiful in that way. And when we only look outwards at what other people have, we fail to miss that beauty that, that our body is of just being the way that it is. And so it's very interesting that opposite ends of the spectrum and we still had that exact same feeling and it just goes to show like you'll never be happier when you lose the weight or when you gain the weight or when you change something about your body um it's about you know an internal self-acceptance that radical self-acceptance of yourself and so i think with starting for anyone exactly through our journeys were great lessons and teachers of you know fitness for both of us in some ways in education or nutrition was our way in. And I think we learned that it wasn't, it's not the be all end all either. It's not necessarily the only thing that you need because it's not a replacement. It's still something external that you're, you're putting in. So what I would recommend to someone starting out is to start with the emotional or the spiritual 
a component of wellness and really the physical things that you do come after that. Once you've regained that self-love and trust with yourself, with your body. So easy, simple ways to get started on that. I would say start with a journaling practice because if you're not aware of what's been causing you to have unhealthy habits or what's been causing you to have a lot of negative self-talk or if you're not even aware of that yet doing some journaling I think is a great way for self-reflection and it can open up a lot of a lot of internal and help us process our emotions as well so that reflection awareness and then start that process of emotional emotional healing um, internally, you know, if you're, if you're not comfortable to share or ask someone for help, yeah, it's a great way just to take that first step. I love that. And I think that's so important. And I think it's good to dive deep internally because I think a lot of us, like you said, think it's all on the outside or most of it's on the outside because that's what people see. But I think that's such an important huge step. I think people take journaling for granted and it's so big. It's so important. And I know personally, when I journal, I get out of the funk of whatever it is I'm feeling. Um, you know, gratitude lists, they make you recognize what you already have accomplished and what you can, what you're capable of accomplishing. So journaling, writing a gratitude list, it's so huge. Um, and this was just such a beautiful conversation. I think our listeners will learn so much and maybe resonate, relate to a lot of what we covered here. And I know you just wrote and published your book and super exciting. So how can they purchase your book? How can they find you? How can they reach out to you if they, if they have any questions or um, they want to learn more? Absolutely. Thank you. My book is available on Amazon. You can go to alisonwoodley.com and that's Allison with two L's just to find more information. But where I'd love to invite people to is into my uh, self-love tribe community on Facebook. It's just a free group for women to help inspire and guide and give useful resources and tips around self-love and breaking free from that unicorn syndrome. So that's welcome to anyone as well who wants to check it out. But thank you so much, Violet, for having me on. I feel like this conversation today for sure will touch the right people and inspire them to embrace their, their own uniqueness. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Thanks for tuning into the Venture Love Podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And if you want to continue the conversation and share your biggest takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Yes, you. Head on over to my Instagram at violet underscore ventures to share your favorite part, grab a freebie, learn about my latest offerings, or check out my latest blog. I can't wait to connect and hear from you. This is Violet, and I'll see you next time on the Venture Love Podcast.